0: As we continue in this series of messages, the choice is yours, today we'll address moms. You have an opportunity to choose not to be someone else than you are. You have an opportunity to make the choice to not compare yourself to someone else or try to be someone else. The choice is yours to choose not to be someone else. Before we get into that message today and being in ministry for 20 years, I recognize that Mother's Day is a very difficult day for many, can be very painful. While others experience that emotion, some have a great emotion about Mother's Day because they have a great relationship with their their mom or even mothers with their children. And knowing walking into a room of this size and by the internet and, and the link, this is all kinds of emotion in this room. And I recognize that and I want to address that. So in light of that, I want to acknowledge moms today in a variety of ways. This is for you, moms. To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate you. To those who lost the child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make it harder than it is for you. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who experience abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who live through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married, And mothering your own children, we mourn that life has turned, not turned out the way you long for it to be. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envision lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have emptier nests in the coming year, we grieve and we rejoice with you. To those who place their children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness, and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors in our midst, And so we say thank you to mothers today. Can we salute and thank our mothers today? So my hope today is this, and it's a very challenging one, I'll admit. It's probably the most difficult service to prepare for, but with God's help, my hope is this today, to do my best to navigate tenderly while at the same time to acknowledge and honor our mothers and to give some insight for moms today. The Bible is very clear in Exodus that we are to honor our mothers and our fathers. The Bible has a lot to say in regarding to honoring. It says if we honor our mothers, that we will live long and we will live well. It lets us know that it is possible regardless of what our journey has been or is. It is possible to honor your mother. And when we do so as children, we will live long and we will live well. Here's an example of a son who's honoring his mother. Take a look at this. Are you Cindy? Yeah, I am. Hi, I'm Bonnie. I'm from Teleflora. I have a special delivery from your son, Ryan, that he really wants you to see. Oh, my gosh.
1: Hi, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. I wanted to let you know how much I love you, and I appreciate everything that you've done for me in my life. The distance between us isn't always easy. It's actually pretty hard sometimes. I still remember the last time we saw each other. It was almost two years ago. I was passing through San Diego on my way out to Japan, and you drove two hours just to sit down and have coffee with me for 45 minutes, just discussing what's going on in our lives before I had to get on my flight and continue on. I miss you. It's been hard. Growing up, it was just the two of us. You had all the responsibility of raising a young boy into a man that you could be proud of. You gave me so much. I didn't know how much you sacrificed until I was an adult at college. And I learned that you had a dream to become a professional athlete. And then you got pregnant with me and you had to choose. You knew you couldn't do both and you gave it up to raise me, to raise me the best way that you knew how. And you instilled in me that sacrifice and that dedication. And you gave me everything that you had. I realized how hard it was. And thank you very much. the discipline the love the support the understanding that you gave me I think of all the things that you did for me I look at my children if I can just do half of what you did they would be so much better off you were a guiding light for me and I've taken everything that you've given me and I've run with it because of you I stand here today a father a husband a Navy commander And it's because of you. You show me how to work and not quit. And have honor. And have integrity. I've achieved all these things because of the foundation that you laid. The example that you led. You always said the the reward for hard work well done is the opportunity to do more. Well, you're right. I've done well in the Navy and I got more hard work ahead of me. And uh, I think it's going to be even harder to see each other. And that's why I wanted to make this Mother's Day so truly special. Above all, Mom, I hope when you look at me, you see the good man that you wanted your little boy to be. I'm proud to call you my mother. I'm proud to be your son. You made me the man that I am today. And I love you with all my heart. I do that. <laughs> oh my
2: God. <laughs>
0: I'll try to recover from that. Um, My word today is this. Moms, you don't have to be another mom. You must choose to not do so, or you will cripple yourself as a woman, as a wife-to-be, or even as a mom today. Plus, you just have to be mom to your own kids. And God has gifted you, God has made you, God has created you. Your personality is unique, your IQ is unique, your family history is unique, your education is unique, your salvation date is unique, and your name is unique. Celebrate that. Don't be ashamed of that and don't wish you have to be someone else. And so my hope today as we navigate through this message is this, that you can choose not to be another mom. You can celebrate that you are you, whether you're a single mom, whether you're a single again mom, whether you are a mom in a healthy relationship or not a healthy relationship, just be you. God has equipped you to be uniquely you. Celebrate that and become the best you that you can be in this role of being a mom. The Bible has a lot to say about motherhood. Has a lot to say about how we should walk as Christians. But today I want to address moms and I want to begin with this and open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And if you need a Bible, hold your hand up. Our ushers will be glad to put one in your hand. But turn to First Timothy chapter 6. And we're going to read verses 6 through 9. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verses 6 through 9. And when you find that, stand with me and we'll read it out loud together. 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 to 9. Moms, you can choose not to be someone else. 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 9. Let's read it out loud together. Ready? Read. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. You may have a seat. You weren't created. Now, hold on to this. Moms, you weren't created to be anyone else. You were created to be you, uniquely you, not another you, just you, not the mother beside you, not the mother that you read about on Facebook today, the mother that God has created you to be, that's who he wants you to be. And so Paul, general in a general way, says we must be content in the, in the, the identity that God has placed us in. And we, the godliness with contentment is great gain. So when you pack those two together, a pursuit of God and a pursuit of contentment, then those two are great gain. And in the context of motherhood, it is huge that you get that one down. The word contentment means to be satisfied and sufficient and to seek nothing more than what one has. It's the idea of saying, this is who I am. This is my IQ. This is my personality. This is my family history. This is my education. This is my salvation day. This is my name. This is my journey. And because this is my journey, I'm going to be the best mom as a result of those things in my life. Let me ask you a question. Do you struggle with contentment? Every season of life for a woman gives her way to her saying, I wish I was further along as a mom. I wish I was further along as a woman. I wish I had. I wish I was. I wish I wasn't still having to battle like this. I wish I didn't have this extra baby weight. I wish my husband was like. I wish I had more. I wish my kids were like. And if you continue to look at other people, instead of the identity you have in Christ alone, you will never become the mom and be content in the way that Christ wants you to. And so every day a mom wakes up analyzing her position in life and where she might be 10 years from now. And if she isn't careful The happiness she is seeking will drive her to make decisions that will never line up with God's will, that will leave you far short. You'll take these shortcuts away because you want what they have. You want to be like them. Please get this one down. Godliness with contentment in who you are in Christ is great gain. Otherwise, moms, hear me. You will spend the rest of your life comparing your life to another woman's life, even to your own mom's life. You don't have to be your mom. You just have to be the mom that God has equipped you to be. Turn to Second Corinthians chapter 10. I want to show you, Paul goes on to say some other things about looking elsewhere. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Look at Second Corinthians chapter 10 in verse 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 in verse 12. Paul reminds us, and even the context of motherhood, look what he says in 2 Corinthians 10 in verse 12. He says, we do not dare to classify or what? What's the word? Compare our What? with some who commend themselves when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves they are not what there are very few passages in the bible that have the phrase dare and and even dare not paul says you should dare not we should dare not classify compare ourselves to others In my mind, a dare is someone getting you to do something that you probably shouldn't be doing. And he's saying, so dare not. Don't be doing this. Don't go and compare and classify yourself with someone else. The lack of contentment will plunge you into ruin and destruction, Timothy tells us. Let me ask you a question, moms, today. You don't need to raise your hand. How many of you struggle with jealousy? And, and sometimes how many of you feels that, that it comes in all forms or fashions and you find yourselves wishing and, and then this moment of how come they had it this way? Well, they didn't have these kids and they weren't married to him and they didn't have my background and you become angry and jealous at someone that doesn't even realize it. When you begin to compare and classify yourself as a mom with someone else, you go on a path of death and destruction. And Paul says, it plunges you in. Literally, you are plunging, you take a plunge to the bottom of the swimming pool. You are underground trying to get away from it. Let me explain. When you get married and you have agreed on the direction of your life as a married couple, it might have been Don't work. It might have been stay-at-home mom. It might have been working mom. Everything is fine until that day you watch another mom, another lady posting on Facebook about her life and adventures with her husband. And up to that point, you were content and confident with the direction of life. But when you begin to compare, it plunges you into death and destruction. And it began... And it begins with us at a very early age. Think about it. It began in grade school. You began to compare and classify yourself. You would take a test and, and, and you would say, what did you get? What did you get? And you began to felt your worth that you weren't careful because someone got a 98 and you got an 89. Or you began early on just with school projects. You were excited about that school project at elementary school and you worked hard on it and you brought it in and you worked all by yourself on it. And then someone brought one in where dad, the engineer, built it. Or you compare your kids. and You see that child that comes out and he can quote the whole New Testament front to back. Like, my kid doesn't even know one verse. And all of a sudden you think, I'm a horrible mom. I didn't teach him all the Bible that I needed to teach him. Listen, Paul says, do not dare compare or classify yourselves to another person, to another mom. Don't compare and classify your kids. Just be uniquely you and live to your redeemed potential. Paul knew this would be a major struggle. So he says, you brought nothing into the world and you can take nothing out of it. So be content and pursue contentment and godliness so how do women combat that? How does a mom combat that? That 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 almost that yearning to be like, to, to have, to, to compare? How do you wake up every day and combat that? Here's some ways that might help you. Never allow yourself to complain about anything, not even the weather. Where do you get that from, Pat? Where it says the Bible says that we should complain about nothing. Don't wake up and complain about your your husband or your kids or or whatever the day. Complain about nothing. If you have a, a, a perspective that doesn't have the word complain in it, you won't want more. You won't want what they have. You'll be satisfied in your identity in Christ and your position with Christ. Never picture yourself in a different circumstance or someplace else. Boy, if I was the wife of that husband, or if I had those, I wish I lived in that house. I wish I could go on that vacation. I wish I lived there. Never, ever place yourself in another situation. Just be uniquely you and live to your redeemed potential where God has you right now. Never compare your lot with the lot of another woman. Never allow yourself to wish this or that had been otherwise. Never dwell on tomorrow. Remember, today is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice in what? Be glad in it. Don't dwell on tomorrow. Try to become the best version of yourself through God's grace today. And lastly, choose to be thankful for what you do have. The Bible says, in everything give thanks. You see, when we begin to be grateful and thankful with everything that we have, knowing that God is in complete control, knowing that God loves my kids more than I do, knowing that I probably wouldn't have chosen this path, but praise God, I'm going to be grateful on it. It is extremely difficult to be discontent when you are actively thankful. Just be thankful, moms. If you don't get this one down, you will spend the rest of your life miserable because your job never gets done. Think about it. Think about, like, when I think about what moms, I think about my wife Ann does, and I think about what my, my mom Beverly did. Like, I'm, I'm blown away. It's like, man, there's no way I could do what they do. Just think about, it. with the pressures to be the glue that holds the family together— And in some cases, here's a list. Do the laundry, drive the kids around the sport practices, cook supper, do your hair and primp up, learn how to carry a gun, meet your husband at the door after the baby has puked on you all day, run four miles, milk the cows, vacuum the house, and answer all the Facebook messages from your girlfriends before they think you're mad at them make the doctor and dentist appointments and pull the weeds out of the flower bed, speak baby talk all morning, wash the dirty dishes from breakfast and lunch all before 8 a.m. so that you can drop off the homework that your son forgot to take to school right after you gas up the van that your husband said he would take care of last night. Is it any wonder? Seriously, even for the stay-at-home mom, which is under attack today, Or the underappreciated mom, the single mom working, or for that matter, the working woman. There never seems to be no end to your list, no matter what kind of mom you are today. Then add to that whole mix. Just, Just add this to the mix. Think about this for a second. Hormones that you almost get a grasp on, and then menopause sets in. It's like, thanks God, huh? And you get hot, and not hot for your husband, Some of you have been there. And he gets hot because you're hot, but not his definition of hot. Oh, boy. Aren't you glad that God has created us the way we are? Be actively thankful in that. And then, to top it all off, after you're having that kind of day, your mother-in-law just happens to send you a framed Proverbs 31 print with a big smiley face on the package that says... Thinking of you. It's at that very moment. The thought of gun control is fined in a much different way, isn't it? (laughs) It becomes, give me a gun and I will take control. (laughs) And by the way, this is when Satan comes sweeping in. And telling you all the reasons you deserve this or you deserve that. And all the reasons your husband doesn't measure up. Telling you, you need to get out of this jail that you're in. Telling you, you better take control or you will end up lonely, hopeless. Without a skill or talent to defend yourself. So you better control this relationship. When that happens, you will find it hard to hear from God until you let go of what you think are your rights and your agenda. And know they're his rights and his agenda for my life. Sidebar to, to husbands here. We need to be celebrating our wives and our moms. Do you realize that doesn't stop as adults? And we're supposed to honor our mothers and our fathers. And so it's an opportunity to celebrate even even the mom that's in your house, your wife, and celebrating your own mom. We need to do a better job of pouring into them and letting them feel loved and cared for. Children, also, you can step in and tell mom how much you love her. Your mom never tires of hearing this from you. Don't wait just to Mother's Day to tell your mom that you love her. Am I right, moms? Celebrate her regularly. Work hard at honoring her, speaking it out. You just don't know how much more time you have or she'll completely understand you. Celebrate her. So I encourage you regularly. You cannot tell your mom I love you too much and too often. Plus, moms, hear me out on this. As you begin to compare your past mistakes, do not let them define you. That's where it happens. You just, you're hard on yourself. And you say, I wish I would have done that. I wish I'd, I, I would have changed this." And you see how someone else did it. And, and you learn, wow, if I would have had those tools when I was a mom, and, and if I could have had that resource, if I could have had that play group, if I could have had that design, if I could have had that journey, if I could have had training, if I had those, listen, listen. You had what you had. And by God's grace, he loves your kids more than you ever can. And he wants them to finish well too. You see, when contentment is fleeting, control surfaces in an unhealthy way for a woman and for a mom, which leads to anxiety and worry. When you're not pursuing contentment and godliness, anxiety and worry just envelops you, squashes you all, shuts you down and you become this controlling woman in this relationship. And here are the thoughts that bombard your life. If I don't take control now and earn an income, I will not be able to fend for myself when he is gone. Another thought that often comes in these moments of insecurity, I am not getting recognized for all that I do behind the scenes. And I deserve more. Or I better run a controlling environment so I get what I want. Because otherwise it will not go good for them or for me. Or this thought bombards your brain. When the kids are out of the house, he will find someone else younger and leave me. So I better do whatever it takes to set me up and not build us up. Fear envelops you. The word of God is implicit. Do not fear. Or this thought runs through your mind. God must not love me because this life is too hard and that person has so much more than I do. I want what they have. That will surely make me happy and content. Listen, your contentment is in Christ alone. See, here's what happens. You read Proverbs 31, 10 through 31, and you see all these things that a woman can be or should be. Or, and someone said, That's the woman that you should be. And by the wall, that was written by a mother in law. Proverbs 31. And so, for many, you read this chapter, which is a great model, which has some great principles to, to go after. But you you read it and for many it leaves you unable to meet those expectations thinking you're ungodly because you can't weave a basket, stitch a curtain while nursing three babies and having sex six times a week with your husband. Like, why must not be a Proverbs 31 woman. See, here's what happens. Listen to me. Please listen to me, moms. Demons smell a woman's brokenness like sharks smell blood in the water and they move to take advantage of the weakened soul. You know why it's so hard to be a mom? Because you're opposed. (laughs) And your role is irreplaceable. You know why it's so difficult being a mom? You know why these thoughts bombard? You know why the enemy continues to throw his arrows at you? Because he knows if he gets the mom in the relationship, it could destroy the generations to come. You're not going to get opposed when you're stitching a curtain. But if you're nurturing your child, you will be opposed. See, moms, you have an irreplaceable role, and Satan wants to destroy it. Fathers have their role. Moms have their role. And there are some things that only a mom can do for her children that fathers can't do. And when you get this one down and understand fully how your role shapes the future of your children, you begin to live differently. Even for me personally, there are things that my mom has done for me that only my mom can do and only your mom can do for you. There are principles and realities. I I spoke to my mom this week in a video that I made for her on on the internet with hopes that somehow she would see it. She doesn't have internet. She doesn't have a smartphone because she's a smart mom, doesn't need a smartphone, And so it was just, and my sister showed it to her last night. I wasn't sure she was going to be able to, but she shared what my mom's thoughts were. And it was, but I am the man I am today because of my mother's influence. And listen, your children will become the person they are today because of your, dads can't do what moms can do. And here are five things that only moms can do. Let's celebrate these five things. Henry Cloud had a good writing on this, and and these are the principles from his writing. The first thing, the valuable thing that a mom has to offer her kids is safety. Now, just seriously, think about that. Isn't that true? Like, you'll shoot your eye out, and then dad's saying, go shoot it out. As little people, we experience the world as dangerous. We feel alone. We don't have love inside. We have an overwhelming needs and feelings, and it's very painful for kids. And this, and this pain on the face, you can see it on any infant when they're very, very small. This need to be picked up. This need to be, to to be cared for. This need to take this terror that they're feeling in their imaginations. And the child does not have safety inside when they're born, but danger. And safety can only be found. Listen to me, moms. It can only be found in the mother or in whomever is providing the mothering. Safety comes in the form of a person who is predictable, stable, and danger-free. This kind of mother creates a foundation for all the other tasks of mothering. Now, listen to me. Without this person, the child remains in a state of panic or anxiety, unable to love or to learn. Moms, you're role is irreplaceable. No wonder it's so hard. The enemy wants people to grow up terror-stricken, panic-stricken, full of anxiety. Yet the mother's consistent caring and soft understanding that attention gives a child a, a safe place to turn. She transformed the dangerous world into a place of safety. The second thing that only moms can offer is Nurture. Webster defines the word nurture as to feed or nourish. A mother feeds the soul or nurtures the soul. Good mothers pour care into the souls of the children just like sunlight does for the for the, the plants that we planted in our garden last week. They flourish if they didn't have sunlight they wouldn't be nurtured you place a plant you place an outdoor flower that has no sunlight it'll dry up and it'll it won't become what it was intended moms only you can offer that nurturing so that your child flourishes and this kind of mother creates a foundation in a child's heart of security Without this person, the child remains, listen to me, in a state, uh, 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 or runs to a state of failure to thrive. In fact, the failure to thrive syndrome and many other childhood problems are directly related to a lack of nurture. The failure to thrive syndrome is related to not being nurtured. And in some cases, institutionalized babies have even died from maternal deprivation and a lack of nurture. Moms, you were created to nurture and only you can do that. No wonder it's so opposed. The third thing that you offer is basic trust. Basic trust is the ability to invest oneself in a relationship. As children, we must first experience many, 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 many instances of trustworthiness before we can truly trust others. By the way, as kids, we aren't born trusting people. Trust is learned. Trust enables you and I to reach out, to depend, to need, to see others as a source of good things. We can depend on a caretaker when we reach out. With a good mother, we you invest our hearts and our being and find a good return, which leads us as children to invest again and again in relationship. Trust nurtures our ability as adults to need and to depend, which allows us to grow relationally. And it's because of you, moms. A trustworthy mother develops these abilities in us. Healthy people let themselves need and depend on others without fear. The fourth thing that moms and only moms can do for children, a sense of belonging and invitation. We all have a need to belong and to be part of something bigger than ourselves. Belonging and love are at the root of our humanness and moms are the key to helping us grow in that area. The foundation of our existence is relationship and we cannot provide for ourselves. And it's our mother's responsibility to rescue us from alienation and isolation and to usher us in a world of relationship Think about this for a second, moms. Mothers, through their love and care, make us feel wanted, which transfer into later feelings of worth and confidence in relationships. I've told you over and over and over how my mom has done that for me. Rain, hail, lightning, thunder, the Browns and Andersons will never go under. As a single mom, she would tell me that. And as a married, and when she remarried, she would, she would tell me that in her own way that even when she remarried and her last name was Anderson, she, she built it into a theme. Like we would get in our car and, and she would say, listen, listen, Jimmy, listen, Jamie, listen, Joni, listen, Ramey, listen, Kimmy, listen. And she, she made her own mantra, rain, hail, lightning, thunder, the Browns and the Andersons will never go under. Never, never, never. That's why I am the way I am. She made me believe and gave me confidence, and only moms can do that. The sense of being wanted and loved is is not an intellectual exercise that we can do for ourselves. It comes in the experience of relationship with someone else, and often it must be our mom. You see, when we experience being consistently wanted early in life, we move easily into other relational settings later, never wondering if we belong or not. See, hear me, moms, even single moms, listen to me. You can do for your children what a dad can never do. Celebrate that, pour that into your children. Lastly, the only thing that, that, that well, the, the very thing that you can offer is someone to love. Emotional development comes not only from the mother's investment in the child, but also the child's investment in the mother. You see that? It's a dual role. It's someone to love. She teaches you how to love, and in turn, you you learn how to love others. Moms have the ability to love unconditionally, and then in turn, it shows you that you should love others unconditionally. Show me someone that loves well. I will show you a mama that loved well. A mother provides someone for the child to love. She is a good object of love. In order to develop emotionally, physically, intellectually, and socially, we need not only be loved, but to love. Love fills us up and colors our outlook in the world in which we live. It gives us optimism and hope. We have a basic need to love people. And that requires someone to love. If mother is safe, we love her. If she is not, we are either overwhelmed by isolation or filled with hatred. Moms, get this one down. All that to say this, moms. You are more valuable than what probably you realize. You are irreplaceable. And we celebrate that today. This week, I was thinking on those lines, obviously, as I was prepping. And and we have three children, Josh, Hannah, and Isaiah, 24, 22, and 17 now. And I began to ponder the impact that my wife has had on our children and knowing that only she can do this for our kids. And so I asked them to tell mom what they think about mom. And this is a video of our kids telling my wife, their mom, how they appreciate her. Watch this.
2: I'm always challenged by the way that mom loves people. Um, Seeing her in tears over situations that other people are going through. Seeing her just grieved over people that don't know Jesus in the way that she just continually loves others. Uh, In an unmatched way, I I can't even think of anyone who who loves people the way that she does. I am always challenged by that and um, encouraged to love people like she does. And it makes me stop and think about the way that I do see people and the way that I do care for people.
3: My mom has been huge, I think, in who I am today. Um, And I think a lot of that is because of how often she prays for me. Um, but also just the ways that she loves me. And uh, she's really good at encouraging me or just um, pushing me to be better, um, but also giving me a lot of grace when I need it, which is really cool.
4: Whenever I'm out and I come home, my mom always just sits down. She talks to me and asks me how my day was. Just having a conversation with me is really impactful because there's a lot of people that might not have a, have the chance just to have a conversation with someone heart to heart but she's always open no matter what's been going on in her day or my day she's always there just to talk to me and make sure I'm doing okay even though it's something little it's always meant a lot to me that my mom has at all my sporting events supporting me no matter how the season's going for me or how I'm playing my mom's always up there in the stands and I can look up and see my mom up there cheering for me being my number one fan mom I love you
2: so much. As far back as I can even remember being a kid, I've always loved you so much. You are such an awesome mom. You do so much for me. You sacrifice so much for me. Your life has impacted me deeply. I think back even to the first day of kindergarten when I was crying because I missed my mom you've just always always been one of my favorite people in the world and you always will be thank you for the way that you love me thank you for the way that you sacrifice for me thank you for everything that you do for me mom i love you hi mom Uh Uh-oh.
3: Happy Mother's Day to one of the best mothers ever. Um, I just want to say thank you for everything that you've done. I don't think I take the time often enough to say thank you but you really have made a huge difference in my life and helped shape me to be who I am today and I really appreciate that. Um, I love that not only are you my mom, but one of my closest friends and someone that I can look to for anything and I can share anything to. It's rare for that to happen, and I love that I have that relationship with you. Um, so thank you for that. Um, thank you for all the times that you've taken the time to comfort me and love me and just show me <sighs> that I am awesome as I am um, and that God has created me to be who I am Uh, you are so good at loving people and making them know that they matter and I think that's one of the most important things Um, so thank you for that I hope that someday I can be even close to as awesome as you are because you rock (laughs) I love you mom
4: mom you're one of the greatest people I know There was one person that I just had to... Just all the things that you've done for me, I kind not express it, and just the things you do at home to make home a great place is just amazing. Day in and day out, I'm amazed by all you do for us, for our family, sacrificing stuff that you might enjoy, sacrificing your own time to make us happy, make me happy. I couldn't think of a person that I appreciate more than you. You may not get the acknowledgement you deserve, but this day is all about you. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you.
0: Lord, we love you. We're grateful today for a chance just to acknowledge moms. And Lord, my hope today is this, that moms will leave here today knowing that they are irreplaceable. And that their role, whether they're single or single again or married or that their role is significant in our lives. I am the man I am today because of my mom. Lord, I pray you would give them the courage to stand up when it's difficult. I pray that you would give them the grace they need as they extend it to their husbands and their children and I pray when they're all alone, God, that you would give them those moments when the Spirit is speaking loudly saying, "Well done, well done, well done." I pray when the whispers of the enemy comes to tell them otherwise, that they would capture those thoughts and replace it with the truth of your word. I pray today, God, that we would take time to pause, and maybe it's a phone call, maybe we get in our vehicle and drive 500 miles. Maybe we hop on a plane, whatever it is, maybe we write a note. And I pray that we wouldn't just do it today, but I pray that we would take time just to say, tell our moms how much we appreciate them. Bless the moms today, God, in an unusual way. Thanks that we have a holiday a day that we can set aside and make it a day to elevate mothers. Give them the courage, give them the strength, give them the wisdom and the know-how to become the women that you've created them to be. In the strong and powerful name of Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.